and CBU Quantum Network. We are in the year 2024, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Today is not just another day. It's a celebration of you, your uniqueness, and the magic that makes your soul shine. This is not just any show. Today, it's a cosmic rendezvous with the enchanting Giovanni Nicolau and her show, Conversations with the Sword of Truth. Today, we are diving deep into the realms of emotional energy and ego, exploring the fascinating theme of Whitster Head as we journey through the rabbit hole of self-discovery. Giovanni will be your guide through the whimsical yet profound landscape of emotions and ego. So grab a cup of tea in this cold winter and day, find a cozy spot, and let's embark on this mystical journey together. Remember, she's going to be coming every other month, so... Join us at noon Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Central, 9 Pacific, for a every two every two months show with this fascinating host. And every month there's going to be a topic of interest for everyone that are, that are we are working together in this path that we call spirituality. Giovanni invites you to embrace the wisdom from Alice in Wonderland and navigate the wild ride of self-love and transformation. Join us every month with all of our shows. And remember, you can always replay this episode. Send it to your loved ones. Look for Giovanni in all social medias. And she's going to be sharing a lot of YouTube and information, so join her channel. And for those people that are interested in finding out a little bit about your personal journey, your purpose in life, what is it that you should be doing, or just confirmation of this, you can contact Van directly at her website, sovereignmastery at gmail.com, or her website, 
www.ghostbusinesscoach.com and write to her directly and she's going to be giving 15 minutes of information about your path. And this is a free service for everyone in need. But now let's bring Sylvain to the show so she can grab us from our seat and send us out into this realm of up with your head. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone, from wherever you're listening. Welcome to Conversations with the Sword of Truth. I'm your host, Siobhan Nicolau, the Sword of Truth. For those of you who are new to this podcast, welcome. Our messages of truth, which lives within the consciousness of unconditional love, and our mission is to assist in the evolution of humans into higher consciousness. Please take a moment and go to Siobhan Nicolau, the Sword of Truth Facebook page, and like my page. Don't forget to go to my YouTube channel, like subscribe, and turn on notifications. You can follow me on Instagram to draw upon our wisdom for self-reflection and self-love. And please leave your comments as well, as we would love to hear your perception of these profound truths. Siobhan is not a channel, as channeling is still defined today. It is clearly more defined from spirit in this way. The transmission of the sword come not from a channel of information from somewhere else, but directly from the wisdom gained through experience and transformation of the human from which we speak. So in essence, this wisdom comes from me, as me, rather than through me, as it is the truth of who I am. Okay, let's see. So today we're going to go down the rabbit hole of emotional energy and the ego. They are actually one and the same, as ego, in truth, is anything that edges God out. So that is any negative emotion between you and the expression of your spirit. We have been saying for some time now that Heads, meaning egos, are going to roll in 2024. We mean mostly in the realms within each of us that are seemingly untouched. We're more strongly referring to the egos that go unchecked within the spiritual realms of God's work and not necessarily to the Jeffrey Epstein cronies that popped up in the news a little over a week ago. (laughs) But it seems the tables will be turned over in the temple no matter what temple we find ourselves in. We are all in this together. We all have things to overcome within our souls. The truth is, is that God has his eye on all of us, and eventually we're forced to face ourselves, even though we would rather not, and for one reason only, that we learn to come to love within ourselves through self-love. And as a result, love others more. It's like the continual path of self-reflection so we can continually let ourselves and others off the hook 
we don't mean in a way to justify our behavior, making ourselves right. We mean that love just dissolves the need to judge or separate. And so love really does heal it all. And as a result, our perception comes from another place within us. We face ourselves to take us from the lofty places we've created in our minds so we punish others no more. That we no longer teach others lessons we feel they need to learn in order for them to grow as a way to take ourselves off the hook for our actions to hurt them or to impede their progress. That wisdom comes from both ends of the sword. That wisdom applies to both someone who could be judged as a perpetrator and someone who could be judged as a victim. I've found in some spiritual circles, people are aware of what they do as a way to teach someone a lesson, but it is a way for them to remove themselves from doing their own inner work as if they (laughs) don't have to own their part (laughs) in how their ego is playing it out. Each one of us that is given the greater responsibility to lead, influence the lives, and teach others must continually face ourselves and only with the face of our indwelling love. It's quiet. It's personal. It's the cosmic Christ within. It's cultivated from within, and it's sustained from within. It judges not and transforms all that keeps us separate from our true self and others while keeping our eyes and hearts on the bigger picture, which is God's vision, not the vision we can so easily make about ourselves. When we look at Alice in Wonderland, it's this big, fanciful tea party with all these unique and elaborate characters, and I see that a lot in the spiritual realms of work, there are so many uh, of them, so many people expressing their spirit, um, you know, to help the lives of others, to give back in the way they're supposed to. And what we're speaking to here is merely the necessity for us who um, have this responsibility to uh, be more attentive in the way we learn to be that which we teach and not just teach that which we teach. It takes at least 20 years for someone to be able to handle this amount of power and responsibility maturely. It requires constant self-examination to come to the place of wholeness within the self to be able to lead authentically from this place. For those of you who have read my first book, The Absence of Evil, Love's Reclamation of the Soul, you can read very clearly in my earliest years of this work, which is now like 30 years ago, that I had the biggest come-to-Jesus moments of my life, if you want to call them that, as I began to awaken the consciousness of love within my own form and face the darkest shadows within my soul history and transform them to the light. It was something I had to make a conscious choice to do as I came from the 
realm and the teachings of straight up channeling. I'm connected to my uh, pure white light galactic sources. And it was a beautiful place to be because in truth, it is who we are. But the only difference is, is that I came to this consciousness from using the golden light once I changed so that the sword could emerge from within me quite organically many years later. And what that taught me was the importance of having to come to love or wholeness within myself first so I could be of greater service from a more pure place within myself. It's not fun to look at sometimes. But I feel for myself it is a huge responsibility uh, to to teach and to be from that integrity. And I find that when I do teach people, that they are my greatest reflection. And because I have the benefit of using these tools that I teach for so long and and continue to use with myself, therefore my teaching continues to evolve, (laughs) that I am able to be ever more self-aware of how I feel in the moment And that gives me every opportunity to go transform what I'm feeling within myself later on. So when someone does something to upset me or I see something, I'm able to hear most often, Lord knows I'm not perfect, but hear most often, feel and perceive all those in the moment which gives me all I need to know without thinking about what within me requires love. And so it becomes a constant process of my own evolution through my service in the world for others. And there is a wonderful teacher I love, uh, Abraham, and one of their lines is, and it is so absolutely true, Experience teaches, words don't teach. And if someone doesn't have the experience of going through themselves and and being able to find their empowerment um, through their own process, then how much do they actually learn? So everyone gets an opportunity, especially now, like I'm talking 30 years ago where Holy cow, if you told me that, you know, <laughs> I remember, it was so funny. Somebody told me, they said, Siobhan, okay, this is how the golden light works, all right? So imagine your emotional energy, this big black sheet of paper in front of you. And every time you transform a veil of negative emotion, it's like a little pinprick of light pokes through. <laughs> now, back then, that was huge for me. I, I found so much hope in that. And I went for it with everything that I had because I had no idea there was a way out of the bondage that I had been experiencing for so long. Even as a channel in my earliest years, I had to give up my connection to those galactic sources to find the love within myself first. So my ego went through a little bit of a wrestling match there (laughs) as I was full of resistance to the love that I needed to become the whole of who I am. Um, so anyway, that was great hope back then. Uh, that was a while ago, but consciousness has shifted so much now 
that when you take the tools, again, which have evolved since then through me to, um, you know, to today, every little step you take in the direction of love, self-love, and practicing the tools actually reclaims a much larger amount of the soul itself as you go through the process, because we are really in accelerated times. <laughs> so that's the good news. Um, <laughs> if someone told me now that it was like this big black sheet of paper, and every time we transformed a veil of illusion, it would be like a pinprick of light, I would just want to leave right now. <laughs> it would seem futile. Because we're at a time right now where all of it is up for everybody. I, I don't, we're all sitting at the same table, we're all drinking the same tea. And it is just really important that we pay attention to things no matter where you are in the grand scheme of things to overcome the ego within you. It's simply not as easy as saying it's what you think of yourself in a grandiose way. It's really everything within your emotional body that keeps you from experiencing your true self. When you face yourself with love, you can face anything. People are terrified when they have to face themselves, and I can see why, because when they're judging themselves as being darkness or a part of them that is dark, then they want to run. And if they're not in judgment, if you face yourself as the love that you are, you are facing a part of yourself that simply doesn't know itself to be the love that it is. And so there is no shadow within my soul that I have found to date that has not been willing to surrender. Now, granted, there are some parts of my soul that were pretty reticent, took quite a bit longer than, say, just a part of me that had its feelings hurt, the sad child. These were parts of myself I was holding myself in contempt for for many lifetimes ago and the many lifetimes I've been on this earth. I've been around since creation, it seems, and I think that's actually true. And so there have been many different costumes and, uh, you know, things that I've worn over the years at these different times of these lives um, and these parts I've played to learn how to be that love and come to love and sometimes all at once and sometimes not so much all at once. In other words, I didn't learn the lessons from that lifetime. And this is where we come back to get a, uh, you know, a chance to do it again, to come to love again, again, again. And it, it never ends. It just never ends. Coming to love is something that you just, it's the way you live. Sometimes it's a little harder when you're wrestling with something that you observe and get connected to in physical reality. Uh, it just is. And we get caught in it sometimes, and that's okay. But the purpose is just to love yourself more, to make it okay. Teach yourself in the moment how to come to that love, how to transform that energy. Now, I've also found these tools that we work with as to be the flashpoint of transformation. In other words, there are many, many wonderful modalities out there. I don't care how you get to God. There is a doorway for everything, and I'm not judging any doorway. I'm just saying it's, it's an interesting journey 
<laughs> through, you know, the big tea party we're all involved in. And, you know, the, uh, if you wanted to look at it as the different tea cakes that are brought to the table in different colors and textures and um, flavors, we get to try, we get to sample these wonderful, um, you know, delicacies, these little chunks of sweetness from the whole party that's going on. And I've sampled a lot of different things, and I think they're all absolutely valid. But the point that I'm making is that the flashpoint to transformation for me by being, you know, awakening love within the form and then transforming from that love what's within the form has been the only thing that's been lasting in my transformation. We can do all these things outside in, but when we come to love within ourselves, it just sets it all free. Because we're going to have an experience of something, and I have found that the experience only lasts so long. If you can take the benefit of the experience and continue to do your inner work, what you've experienced is profound in the way it becomes part of what you then experience. Otherwise, it, I have found it becomes a weekend workshop. And you walk away and that, that energy just fizzles away, so you have to go back. But if you learn to transform what within you is keeping you from the love within yourself, you'll find that that self-love is what makes everything else more valuable in your experience. After I was channeling and even switched to golden light, I still felt like I had this black cloud over my head that I could not shake. And love was the only thing that transformed it. And I realized that it wasn't within my mind alone that I had to change these patterns. It was in the emotional body where this feeling was that created the thought to begin with. So we work on it from a more organic level from within the emotional and physical bodies to shift the perception. And the perception will shift the more continually, well, it does shift and then it maintains itself as you find the, the power in the love that you are to self-love and to transform on your own everything that's in the way uh, or holding you in any type of a limited per perception. And so, in truth, when we go through these lives, we reach out for help, there is no help that is not helpful. It just seems that it's not helpful, and that's based on our perception. Love is the only thing that will change your perception, be you a teacher or be you a student, be you a client or just a friend. Love is the only thing that's going to shift that perception to the truth of what is. So we are all in this process of healing, and no one is above this process. The love of God will embrace you if you will only find yourself worthy to receive it fully. And as I said, to make that consciousness of love conscious was the first step to being able to be available for what within me felt unworthy of this love. 
and you learn how to sit as that love and hold your these parts of yourself steady within that love. And we teach you how to not think about what you see and how to not think about what you feel, just to be that presence of love. No words are necessary. It's just a, a holding until whatever is in resistance to receiving that love can soften and allow it on its own terms to come to that love within itself. Now, if you force love on something, it's going to push back in its unworthiness. That's not even love at all. In fact, love in that instance would be saying, there is something wrong with me that requires this love to be whole, which in and of itself speaks to separation. Because in truth, as my spirit says, love doesn't care. Love just loves. And so you see, there's a lot less you have to do to be able to access this love within you. It's a way of being and knowing that the being of you is love. So it's time to be open to the transformation of these insecurities and power plays in all realms of spiritual teaching, of all realms of life. That are so deep and so concealed and can be so glossed over our experience in everyday life. So that they have no power in the world around us as we lead others to love within themselves. When your emotional energy goes unchecked, in other words, you're just above it all. You're not aware of how that energy is going out and becoming part of the problem in, re- in duality you're trying to actually solve. If you learn to love yourself out of that realm of duality, you become more effective as the whole of who you are as you bring that forth into the world as love. What we deny within ourselves affects everyone around us. And this is what they call a collective healing What I love within me affects everything in this reality. It allows everything to transform on some level just because I love myself. And when we get in communities or groups, which is a beautiful thing, for everybody to be coming into that love within themselves, everything we do as a collective is helping in even a greater amount collectively. So it can really, really be a beautiful thing. But if we're unaware of how emotional energy works within this dimension, then we can continue to fool ourselves into believing that it doesn't exist at all. Whereas if you are in a form, you've got negative emotion because negative emotion is part of the physical experience. And How you move that light can be subjected to the filters of human consciousness. And if you're not aware of how that's at play with, you know, with others, then you have no ability to love yourself more, get over yourself, and come to love. So there are many, many, many wonderful spiritual 
people out there. Like I say, all realms. I don't care what realm you're in. Um, a tarot reader opens a door for somebody. A master opens a door for somebody. Love opens every door within you. So God says that there's no great works that will truly be accomplished until the gods get over themselves enough to unite their individual pieces of the great puzzle to reveal more of the bigger picture, the broader landscape, and work more closely together to see it through. Oftentimes we can lose ourselves in this work believing that it is us who does this work, or we forget actually what God is. And like, we work for him, right? It's like, it isn't us. (laughs) We have a piece of that that was given to us for this purpose. And we can't lose sight of that in the way we view ourselves and our service to the world. It's my responsibility to try to be at the floor of humility as often as possible because there is a force that is me, possibility given to me that I love more than anything in this world. And it's a gesture of gratitude. It is a gesture of remembrance and it keeps me in line. (laughs) Keeps me in line with myself. Transforming emotional energy helps to lighten up and transform these filters. In fact, if you take one emotion that's your biggest deal and you work on that one continually throughout your life, what it does is it makes the vibrational frequency of that negative emotion smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until you've done enough work on that and you can let go of that enough, that light completely fills it and you'll find that that will not be your you know, experience in the world anymore. It really does work. It's it's like the flashpoint to all other modalities. It's the one that is lasting. That black cloud is gone. It was long since dissipated many years ago. But it was an example of how I thought by what I knew that everything was okay, but that black cloud I didn't really know what to do with. And so working with the emotions that created that black cloud allowed for it to dissipate and uh, subsequently I became much lighter. So there's much more we could be doing in the world if we could just continue to get over ourselves and remember who we work for. (laughs) Remember that we're just really not anything without that spirit that gives us life every day and then maybe we should have a little bit more respect for it. Uh, One of our sayings is, you needn't forgive yourself for who you are or what you've done, but for what you've done with who you are. And so these sayings that we we say, that we turn into memes and put them on our um, Instagram, are um, truths that my spirit has given me throughout the many years um, that we've done this work. It's a way that they convey to me Um, you know, (laughs) where I'm coming from, how far I've come, and, you know, it's always reflective. Everything is reflective. So in all fairness, as Lewis Carroll said, the author of Alice in Wonderland, we're all mad here. (laughs) And I have to agree with that, as there are billions of humans 
simultaneously projecting, knowingly and unknowingly, infinite illusions from their unhealed pain. And people try to stop all this madness outside of themselves, and it will never work. (laughs) Have you noticed that we're in this big loop of war? That we're in this big loop, this repetitive loop of hate? Have you noticed how no matter what we quote, how much we say we love, the division in the world somehow gets larger at different times? So we have to reflect on that to see, you know, where all that's coming from. And I've got news for you. It comes from your negative emotion. It comes from those parts of you that you choose to deny and, in, and in fact, fight an external reality. And that's one of our sayings. Ignorance is actually ignorance, the part of yourself that you deny and fight an external reality. So when you take that one in a little bit and you go, and you kind of resist it, where are you feeling that pain within you? Where are you feeling that almost knee-jerk reaction to fight? That's where it all starts. All conflict begins and ends within you. As we observe the world within and around us, it often appears, feels, sounds, and looks like insanity. And quite frankly, uh, anything that is not love is pretty much just that. It's all fragmented. It's chaotic. it's, it's, It's unstable. But it has no love around it to give it the stability. So that's kind of the missing key to like everything. And I don't mean just love from someone else, which does help some people find love within themselves, as long as they don't make it a dependency. Um, But where there's love, there's, there's not chaos. It's not fragmented. It's not emotional, as they call it. So all negative emotion is, is creating the problems we experience in the world. And we all have a part in that. We all have a part of that. So our job through our experience of many years coming to this truth within ourselves, um, we can show you how to make the vibrational frequency of love conscious within your physical and emotional bodies. It's our piece to the puzzle to show you how to transform these shadows that live within this experience. As I said, it's the only set of tools that I have used that made whatever else I did have a lasting effect because it transforms the energy completely, not just makes it so with words from the mind. And it frees you more and more from the veils of illusion. So we have to all remember, no matter who we are, who we think we are, That emotional energy is part of this physical experience, period. And if we are in form, we have an ego. There's always the filter of human consciousness between the spirit and its expression in this world. And that serves to keep us humble if we choose the path of self-reflection, self-awareness, and self-love. And this is so important to transform our souls while we minister to the souls of others. So I have found when the mind of a person or teacher focuses solely on the truth of its love, while in denial of these unwakened shadows of illusion within the form of being, 
It will empower the illusion of separation within itself, elevating its sense of self, while giving that shadow a life of its own, unchecked, affecting those around it. It can be so blinded by the light that it becomes oblivious to itself. We've seen countless examples of that over time, haven't we? So actually, it creates more duality in the world. And this can be tricky for a person who reflects something to the teacher, the priest or whomever, who prefers to deny this, especially if one comes to this teacher for healing. So if someone comes to you, and believe me, as a sort of truth, we have to carry a pretty big stick. And what I mean by that is we tend to get some pretty big egos that come to our door. And these egos sometimes, out of their fear, out of whatever emotion is creating that resistance, they want what we have. But then there can be this testing time. Like, will you love me if I'm this way? Will you love me if I'm not? And so sometimes there we come across these beings and we love them all that want to... Um, create a dance of cleverness. They want to try to trick, for the sake of a better word, or trip trip me up and in these different ways. And we just stand there and uh, hit them a little harder, <laughs> for the sake of a better word. <laughs> My spirit told me a long time ago that we're not here to take flack from anybody. And the way love speaks can be uh, a little stronger than what people are used to hearing love sound like. And we have to kind of laugh because those words are kind of strong. But the people who might be listening to this that I've worked with who are laughing now after three years of working with us um, know exactly what we mean. So this is what it sounds like. Uh, this is from my spirit. When the spirit of a soul emerges from all it has been told to all it was intended to be, it is scary to others who know not this power within themselves. And when the light speaks in a different way, rarely spoken, not sugar-coated with bubbles and squeaks, it can awaken one abruptly from its drunken state of illusion to the sobering world of truth. And actually, I find that the people that come to me that want to test the waters a little bit and try to give us a row, they have a sense of respect <laughs> for the fact that they leave us pretty much unflappable. And so it is not something for the meek. It is not for everyone to wake up in this way. Coming to love is a very... Um, personal and gentle way uh, to awaken this truth within yourself. But it is not something that you are able to get to um, right away. It takes practice. And so as we struggle with ourselves, <laughs> to with the tools or with the teaching or with the language or with the energy or with the actions, whatever it is, we have to remember where the source of that agitation really comes from. It comes from something within ourselves that is unhealed and unloved. So we are at a time 
of a great change, a great shift in human consciousness, like never before. Now, I got my wake-up call in 88. That was pretty big, but in kind of a mild way compared to what we're going through right now. So we're going through this personally, and we're going through it collectively. And no one is impervious to these changes, whether you believe it or not, you know it or not, you want to hear it or not. If the shadow of any, in any form, is not in the continual state of transformation, you will find the ego at play through it, and it may not be apparent at first. So don't fight what you end up finding. It will only make the shadow bigger for you. And know that it's everybody's responsibility to come to this love within themselves. And so that's one heck of a lot there that we've given you over this past, what, 41 minutes. But we do want to say um, another line, another saying that my spirit says, and that is, When you decide to do it later, later comes at the most inconvenient time. And so we'd like to open up the uh, telephone if someone would like to call in with a comment or a question. Um, if you'd just like to say hi, whatever you'd like to do, you can call in at 805-830-8344. And we'd love to hear from you. So, Kevin, I do have yeah. some questions. <laughs> okay, great. You, you know, I love this, the last quote where, that you just said. It's pretty much like, okay, do it the right way on, on, or not the this, this sweet and way, or it will be done for you. Well, when we talk about ego, and an emotional energy, that, which is the topic of today, I was thinking of uh, how it is within you, like how all of all these forces within you are always uh, working in a way where one part of you wants to do or say or act into something and at the same time, you feel this resistance to change. And so sometimes, I don't know if it happens to people usual or it's just me. It, 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 you end up with this frustration in asking yourself, why is it that even though this is the bridge that I want to jump out of, I'm still standing. And... And, and you're talking about this love for yourself that regardless of what you're doing, you you love everything about you. But it is difficult in those times when you are seeing yourself standing on the bridge and not able to jump or not willing to jump. Right. So what is your what is that your recommendation for people that are there that they feel like they are ready, but at the same time something is holding you in such a way that it's stronger than you, that your own will. Well, fear, if you're talking about the will of your spirit, 
than um, if it's stronger than the love you say you want to be. And everybody does want that. And it really is. We find ourselves not just once, but many times on the spiritual path, uh, hesitant to make the jump that's being asked of us because we're afraid. Because we have been taught that we are something so far from what we are that the ego has everything wrapped up in its identification of, of that of that persona. And it's very scary. And that's why we say, you know, unless it's time for you to take that huge leap, don't do it. Because this is an undoing that can be undone much more quickly than it could have been 30 years ago. But it does take working with someone like myself who can keep you um, with a few tools, you know, to help give you that confidence, clarity, and stability in those moments. uh, So you can get yourself Uh, one more step on that bridge instead of taking a huge jump. Like we see people that look at the other side of the bridge, right? And they see all of this light that they think that they're not. And they think I got to make this jump to be that, or I'm never going to get there. And so we've seen it time and time again, where people give up their worldly possessions. I mean, it works for some people too, you know, but it has to be time. And that's just it. Um, If you're in that much fear, it's probably not time. Because when you take that leap and it works for you, there is nothing, no resistance in the way of that leap being successful. But if there is fear, that's what creates the resistance. All resistance is based in fear. So we say incrementally, just be willing to take the first step. And every step that you take after that becomes, the path becomes more bright. It becomes wider. You feel more confident. You feel more stable. And you learn how to love yourself in the moment. You learn how to self-soothe. You learn how to talk yourself off that ledge every moment. There, you don't have to wait and go see somebody. You, we help you, um, you know, make that part of the way that you treat yourself constantly. If we had to wait for meditation all the time, that you know, it kind of cracks me up to think about how we used to do meditation. <laughs> I I sit down and meditate for 20 minutes and get up and go through my frantic day. It's like connect, disconnect, connect, disconnect. And so the the way we teach people to work with these tools helps keep you more connected every moment rather than having to sit down and get connected and then get up and get disconnected. So it it learns to be more fluid throughout your process. Um, People are, are afraid they're going to be left behind people. And so it prevents them from moving forward, even in the smallest way. Um, so, um, like I say, it depends upon the amount of resistance as to the timing uh, and the end result of the leap that is taken. You'll know when it's time. You know, if you get to the edge and you're terrified and you decide to jump anyway, and all the resistance you let go of is within that second that you jump, you're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. But what 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 would you say to people? Like in my case, I don't like to reach out to others. I want to be able, my, my desire is, okay, I can find everything that I need within me. Correct. But then something happens and you're like, oh, maybe I do need somebody to help me out. How do you balance that ego and spirituality? So how much of that is, I feel I'm the most important person and I can do anything that I want. Or, you know, it's okay to reach out and to find uh, answers outside. So how do you find that balance or how can we help ourselves? Well, there's a difference between 
giving your power away to someone to do it for you and getting all your answers or, and there's, you know, or reaching, you know, if you're a self-starter, right? Like myself, like you give me the tools and I'll work with them to see if it works for me and I'll give them Mm -hmm. long enough to see if they work. Now, most people don't do that. That's why coaching is so important. That's why we offer mentorships and things because we keep people in that loop with themselves every single week, you know, and throughout the week. So, but it's, you know, like when I was channeling, uh, this was the first beginning of my awakening when I got my wake-up call in 88. I found a woman who could help me. I had no idea there was even such thing as finding help. I was so in the dark my whole life. And when I opened the door to her, who was a channel, and went through her classes, that opened up so much in me that I became a tremendous channel, and I was teaching channeling classes. And then when they started to tell me they were governing my information so I could learn to realize I was what I was seeking outside of myself, then I had to switch my tool set to golden light. And it was working with that that gave me everything that I continue to build on today. So we do at some of those times, we're brought to this other thing, this third thing, right? It's always in a triangle, whether you know it or not. And I prefer to go to and work with the consciousness of the teacher rather than the person that is the teacher. Because again, Mm -hmm. you take yourself out of the way of those um, emotional filters that they are aware of and not aware of. So you can take the teacher with a grain of salt and take the teaching that they offer and get these things working for you. But you have to have some basis to work with. And so um, we never do everything all ourselves. You know, we we practice and we get better and better at it. But are we really, you know, sometimes we need that third something. It's like if I go and work with a personal trainer, I'll go with them. I'll tell them what I want. They give me a plan. They work with me one time for it. And I'm off and running with it. And so then I do all the exercises and everything like I know I'm, you know, supposed to, you know, keep an eye on my body uh, position and everything like that. And then within three months, it kind of shifts. And then I'm kind of ready for the next. And at that point, when they've given you a a set of tools that's going to work for you, you just get adjustments. You know what I mean? You get an adjustment on that. Okay, now we want to work with this. Well, here you go. Run with it, kid. You know? (laughs) And then, yeah. So there is nice to have that third something. We we can be self-sufficient, and that's why we work with sovereign mastery, because there is truth to the fact that you can do everything yourself, but it really helps to be around other people um, like yourself so they can share their experiences that you might be able to glean from in your own practice. That's good. That's I mean, right. what, what would you do if you couldn't get a hold of that person? What would you do? If, you know, we teach all kinds of tools that help you learn how to be in these positions. So no matter what happens in the world, you're able to be there. So no matter what happens in the world, you're going to be okay. What if you can't get to that person? What if there is no electricity? What if you can't, you know, what are we addicted to in our, in our own healing? What do we need to let go of to be more trusting of our own being? Good question. Good question. There's so many things. But let's bring 203-522 and see what is her question. Okay, 203-522, welcome. And can we have your first name and where are you calling us from? Hello. <clears throat> Hello, it's Pat. Sorry, from Connecticut. Uh, I apologize. I um, got caught up in trying to schedule surgery and missed the show, so I don't know what kind of question I can ask. Well, hi, Pat. How are you? (laughs) I'm okay. (laughs) Struggles, transformation, wondering where I'm at. 
totally disillusioned. And I like <clears throat> I like the last last sentence I just heard, and I thought I got to talk to my son about this. But I only heard like one sentence from you. But um, well, okay, well we're going to have uh, this is going to be it's recorded, so you can absolutely access it, and we'd love for you to listen yep. to the whole program. Um, I'm oh, up, I will. I'm up here in Boston, so we're not too far apart. Um, Yes, and also part of this program we have offered to people, if you would like a 15-minute session with us for free, you can uh, email me at SovereignMastery at gmail.com. And uh, this is primarily for about your sole purpose, but we can help answer some questions you might have in that time if you would like. We'd be happy to work with you in that way. Great. Well, I could give you my a question right now. I'm 70 okay. years old. 70 years old and I've yet to find my purpose. In fact, a shaman told me once you decided to live that was your purpose and I'm like, are you kidding me? I've got 40 more years left and that's anyway. Um I'll tell you where I'm at. Things led me to a depression which led me to look really closely at, you know, why again depression Mm-hmm. And I've lost, I've lost faith in everything, but I think possibly this is like, okay, now you begin, now you begin with just the basics of trying to communicate mm-hmm. with, uh, with God or whatever. Um, but I got disillusioned about everything. I've had a pastor working with me for nine months. It was the first time I ever opened up to spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um I'm getting really, really, really picky at the wonderful psychics on um, online because mm-hmm. some of it is just like, oh, my God, you don't need to listen to this stuff. You know, I just I really, really want answers now. Um, well, the, so you I'm, know, yeah, there's a, a difference between when you're just seeking an answer and, and the consciousness from which they can give you the answer. And we work with yeah. higher consciousness. And we've had people come to us that want to know these just questions about their boyfriends and stuff. And we're just like, that's right. not our thing. <laughs> yeah. So you need exactly. to go to so-and-so. Here's a number. <laughs> so, yeah, right. a lot of frustration and when you don't know where to look. I, yep. I can give you an example. I lost my dog. My dog had an article written about him in a magazine. He's on the cover of a calendar. He was a rescue dog, a throwaway dog, became a remarkable being like so many dogs do. And in his passing, I heard myself saying, I want answers. I want answers. And I thought, I want higher answers. I don't know what they are, but they're much, much higher than how is he doing? Does he miss me? Is he with me? You know, those are wonderful but I want to learn more about the animals, about the oversoul of animals. Okay. I want to know, you know, and well, I'm thinking. Why don't, why don't you give me a, just email me so we can set up an appointment to do that very thing. <laughs> so we're offering you a free, you know, a free you. opportunity to do that. We'd be happy to help you work with that. And God bless you at 70. I mean, that's nothing these days, right? I think well, you have enough passion in you to make yourself, to see yourself through anything I, that. <laughs> well, yes, I have seen myself through it all, but I really would like the remaining years to be happy. Fulfilling. It's been a whole You're looking of, for fulfillment. A, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I you get know, it. Being, being through so much in your life, fulfillment mm-hmm. becomes very, very, very simple. It's not a lot I want anymore. Um, but I've been without it my whole life. So I really do want to give give back give give, give back uh-huh that's right but also get 
I really want to get. I haven't well, had that. Well, you get in how in you in how much you give, and people say, "Well, I don't know if that's the experience because usually it's a religious way. You keep giving at the expense of yourself, and then people end up with nothing, and that's not the nature of giving. If you're giving from the love that you are." That is a reciprocity that keeps feeding you. It is a sense of fulfillment. It's a sense of um, levity, happiness, um, love. It, it just keeps giving in this circle. It never gives without receiving because of where you're giving from, and that's the important thing. Um, a lot of religions have taught to give from your shoulds and you have tos and um, guilt and other things like that, and there's never anything good that comes back from that, just suffering. So. Love is you the know, key. Sh- but I, I want to say something. I agree a lot with something that she said. And you can co- uh, contact me. Send me a private message on Facebook, and I can, I'll give you so, Siobhan's email information so you can write her. Um, we all want more answers. Like, I feel that need of higher answers to the common question like yes it is not enough for humanity for all of us whatever is it that we were told or the information that we had before and i don't know if you agree with me sylvan but it feels like many of us are erasing ourselves to to zero and starting all over with something that i don't know what it is have you found something like that happening? Well, we were we were taught everything backwards, and so that's a place to start. And really, mm-hmm. zero is the whole, only whole number. <laughs> 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 this this oneness thing. I go, okay, one in relation to what? But zero is the only thing that is really the reset because it's a circle, and circles are are never ending. They just expand, and so. That, you know, we are having to restart, regroup, uh, and that comes with our evolution. You know, some people don't understand that that's what's happening, and that's why we help guide them through this process of understanding um, and helping them undo some of those things within them to get in connection with their higher self more often and how to bring that into everything they, quote, do in the world. It's not that you give up one thing to do another. It's that you are who you are no matter what you do. And it's it's from where you give in what you're doing that makes the difference in the way it's able to be received. That's a huge thing. When you give to a homeless person from your heart in their prosperity, it changes the vibration of your giving. When you give to them and when you see them in their need, you are giving from a place in you that says, I have and you do not have, and that is not true. There's only those that do not know that they too have, and you bolstering their prosperity helps them come to that truth more readily within themselves rather than empowering the illusion of their uh, poverty. So so there's a lot of different ways that we show people how to bring their consciousness into everything in their lives to make their lives the way they are more fulfilling. And with that, we have reached the end of today's show. But before we leave, Siobhan, uh, we have Man for Peace in the chat room saying, Siobhan, uh, you are a very, very articulate messenger. It's impressive. Thank you so much. And Beaufort 2 says, 
Thank you so much for that information. This conversation was very meaningful to me. I will email you and blessings to everybody on the show. Wonderful. Thank you. So is there anything else that you want to leave us with before we say goodbye? 2024 is a huge year for all of us in really good ways. And so don't waste any time um, on anything that doesn't make you feel good. Find the path to the love within you that makes everything feel good. Thank you. And remember, she's coming back in two months. Thank you, Sylvan. Thank you. See you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.